This is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Canary. Thanks for joining us. Les Stroud is a Canadian survival expert, filmmaker, author, and musician, best known as the creator of the TV series Survivor Man, which had seven seasons from 2005 to 2015. Over the years, he's produced survival-themed programming for the Outdoor Life Network, the Discovery Channel, the Science Channel, YTV, and most recently, Public Television. His 2021 documentary, Surviving Disasters with Les Stroud, was presented by WGCU Public Media and American Public Television. And his newest show, Wild Harvest, which he's working on season three of now, is also presented by WGCU. In it, he teams up with a chef. They go out into the wild where he gathers edible ingredients, and Chef Paul Rogalski creates unique dishes with them. As a musician, Stroud has recorded six albums, including his most recent Mother Earth. He describes his songwriting style as an eclectic gambit from art folk to contemporary rock and progressive rock. He wrote all of the theme songs for his TV shows and has scored several independent films. Les stopped by the studio a couple of weeks ago while he was in Florida to give a talk, which is something he does a fair amount of these days. So he stopped by the station to say hi, and so we brought him into the studio to chat. Let's hear that conversation now. Good morning, Les. How are you? Good, Mike. Very good. It's nice to see you in person. We had you on Three Song Stories a couple years ago, but that was down the line. You were in Southern Oregon. If I was. Serves. I was down in Ashland, Oregon, uh, where, the, where you've got the where the studio is, and went in there. And I and you just reminded me that it was mid pandemic. Yeah, it was October of 2020. Wow. So that was three years ago. Or, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Strange time. And I, yeah, I do remember it was even strange then. It was very quiet. And there weren't people around. But that was, yeah, Ashland, Oregon. I love going to Ashland, Oregon. They've got the Shakespeare Festival, best coffee at Mix Bakery, great food. So yeah, that's one of my, one of my hangs. So what brings you to Florida? Actually, uh, to be completely uh, um, full disclosure, I had a keynote I had to do in West Palm Beach. So I'm doing, you know, I do keynote speaking. So I went and did this keynote. And then I'm off to another one up in Indiana uh, with a a PBS station up there. Uh, But I thought, okay, I've got a day and a half, two days to kill. Oh, um, I'm coming down to WGCU. See my, my buddy and my partner, Amy. And uh, come down and meet you guys. And so here I am. Basically, I'm lonely, Mike. I have nothing to do, and I and nobody wants me. So well, we appreciate you stopping by. How did you meet Amy? She's our uh, associate general manager of content, and you guys met a few years ago at a conference Mm -hmm. or something like that. No, no, no. It was it's a long story, but in the end, I ended up on the phone with her discussing my productions uh, and the possibility of of hopping onto uh, the public broadcasting stations. How has that been, you know, having a presence on PBS? Awful. I hate it. I just I can't <laughs> wait to – no, no. It's been one of the greatest and most rewarding, you know, uh, um, how do I say, uh, outlets for my creativity that, I, that I've ever enjoyed in my life. And I've certainly I come from a world of network television, Discovery Channels, National Geographic, you know, travel channels, uh, channels like that. But when I, when I developed this relationship with WGCU as my presenting station and American Public Television and, and putting it out all, on all these PBS stations, I really wasn't sure what to expect. And uh, it became a thing that I became very, very proud of very quickly. The respect uh, and just the the outflowing of uh, – how do I want to uh, – just interest and keen feedback. And now, you know, what's really cool is for years and years, it's been, you know, I'll, I'll go somewhere, almost anywhere, including, you know, Poland or Peru. And I'm like, hey, Survivor Man. You know, I get that. I get that. Oh, now 
I'm getting people who don't even know of my Survivor Man series. And like, oh, no, aren't you less – in fact, in fact, just recently driving across the country, quote, unquote, aren't you less Stroud from public television? Hmm. And I went, well, as a matter of fact, I didn't even know what Survivor Man was, but they love Wild Harvest. They loved Wild Harvest. So, so it's been a thrill. And, you know, since then, Amy, Amy and I did uh, Surviving Disasters. I, the Mila Losh film is on, and I've got lots in the future, too. So it's been fantastic. Well, welcome to the, the glorious world of public media. I love it. I love it. Um, so do I. Um, so Surviving Disasters with Les Stroud. Uh, came out a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we, in I'm sure you're aware, here in Southwest Florida, recently went through our most severe hurricane on record. Uh, mm-hmm. Hurricane Ian made landfall about 23 miles from where we're sitting right mm-hmm. here, and just wiped out the area. And talk about a lesson in, you know, needing to be prepared, mm-hmm. needing to be mindful, needing to be ready to live without electricity and water and all those things. That was countywide. Um, is Something like that, why you make a show like that, to get a mindset in people who watch it to really think broadly about, you know, the importance of being prepared. I think you used the right word, mindset. In the end, uh, if I'm doing instruction, I mean, let's face it, the, the world that I came from was the world of teaching, was instruction, you know, teaching survival, teaching wilderness adventure, all that sort of stuff. And surviving disasters, it was no different. But in the end, it's not about convincing anybody of anything. Uh, it's certainly not about sensationalizing anything or, or, or jumping on, you know, whatever's going on because there's a hurricane coming. It really is about helping people adjust their mindset so that they consider the, the absolute realities of a situation like that. I, and I just drove through. I, I drove up uh, all the way through. On purpose, I drove through Fort Myers Beach area, wiped out. And there's nothing but construction right now and people trying to, to rebuild. Uh, and that mindset is vital. Absolutely vital for and, – and it's not, not in the sense of the, the doom and gloom sense, not at all. In the – you can prepare yourself. There's lots of things you can do to be prepared in those situations. And so when um, Amy Schumacher and I, you know, with WGCU, we put together the Surviving Disasters series, which still runs on public television uh, everywhere. That's what it was about. So it's like, look, look, we're not going to just show you a bunch of scary – in fact, that was a big thing for me in producing that series. We have to show the weather. We have to show the damage and the destruction, but we're not going to sensationalize it. It's not going to be nothing but images of palm trees blowing, blowing horizontally. It's going to be, okay, but what can you do? Um, you know, we were just talking about public media. One of the things that became sort of abundantly clear after Ian was the importance of good old-fashioned radio because, you know, power was out, internet was out. Our air signal stayed on the entire time thanks to some redundancy we have. And if you had a little crank radio, we were your only, you know, channel to the outside world. So just a little, you know, kudos yeah. to our engineering staff for keeping us on the air. Well, there's there's a high level of comfort that is given to somebody who is otherwise feeling quite alone. Even if you're prepared and you have water, uh, and even if you're prepared and you have a good generator and it's it's powering your place, and, and even if you weren't wiped out by the ocean coming in and all of that, and you're, you're still, in the end, sitting there and everything around you, this is what people don't, don't see coming, is pitch black. Everything around you is dark. All that, you know, you see the night sky now. I suppose that's a, a aesthetic benefit, but uh, it's dark and dark is scary and dark is lonely and uh, especially for children, you know, if there are children that are that are with you. And so you can you can keep the lights on with your generator, but you can't really know what's going on out there. You don't know if the rest of Florida was wiped off the face of the map or if it's just you. You don't really know. Maybe maybe there's 
safety only four miles away and you can get there. Or maybe you better hunker down because it's not over. And that access to radio, you know, crank rate is, is huge. 125-year-old technology yeah, that, who knew? that will beat out a whole lot of other technologies for about two or three days around here. Isn't that the way, though? It, it's, yeah. it's, you know, the, 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 the hundreds of year olds versions of how we survived and got along come into play when we are faced with something like a, you know, a disaster, you know, environmental or so on. And all of a sudden we're pulling out old school. Old school. We go old school and old school still works. This might be a strange question, but as I was thinking about questions for you, I was wondering, did you watch any MacGyver back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Have you ever been asked that question? <laughs> I did, but my era was more to be to, eight, to date myself, uh, which is why you can tell the wilderness adventure is always in there. My era was more Jacques Cousteau, uh-huh. Tarzan, Mutual Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Mm-hmm. MacGyver came Marlon along a little Perkins. later. Marlon Perkins. <laughs> I was just talking about him just two, day, two days ago, Someone because I mentioned this in the keynote and someone said, oh, my father knew him really well. And you know, and also it's one of those things where, yeah, looking back in hindsight, if you remove context, you could say, oh, man, what him and Jim were doing, you know, it's like they were just putting animals in the zoo. Not very cool, you know. Well, I was thinking after, about that after. You know, I don't think Marlon would do that today. He, would do, he, he was about the conservation. He was about the wildlife. He'd go about it a different way. We just didn't know back then, you know. But that's the era that I came out of was the, all of that. Jacques Cousteau, you'd wait six months to see the next Jacques Cousteau special. You know, and watch Mutual Omaha's Wild Kingdom in between Sunday morning Tarzan movies. You know, that was my era. But MacGyver, he came along a little later, but he was cool. Well, you know, he was handy. He, he was, was handy. He was handy with what was at hand, and I think that's something that you've become known for. I ironically, because I I'm I'm you know you give you give me an axe and we walk into the woods, I'll build you a castle. You give me a ruler and a tape measure and a level, I'm. Done. There's, I, I, and if there's got to be a moving part, I can't. I'm not. I'm the guy who's going to carry the shingles up to the roof and maybe hammer those in. That's, interesting. That's about it. I am not that guy. I'm not a builder. I, huh. I, my, I worship at the altar of engineer, engineering minds everywhere because that you need those engineering minds, you know. But I have other skills. I have other skills. I was watching a video that you put on your YouTube channel that was talking about things that are coming up in the Stroudiverse, as mm-hmm. you put it. Um, let's go over some of those things. Like, what's your primary? Like, what's occupying most of your time and your your mental space right now in terms of working toward something? Wow, loaded question in some ways um, for me personally because I, I'm in one of those positions where that's very lucky. I cherry pick. I cherry pick what I want to do. So what do I want? So often that leaves me in a, a slight existential crisis because then it's the question of, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to just, you know, go travel and retire? You know, um, I've checked a lot of boxes. But you, you need an AI assistant to I, tell you about, what to yes, do. Yes, that, that would help <laughs> a lot. And I'll look into that. And in fact, yeah, I even look down that road. No, I – but I love creating and I can't stop creating. So the Wild Harvest series, we're, do, we're filming season three right now. Um, in fact, I'm off to Sri Lanka to shoot a couple of episodes in like a week. Wow. Um, so Wild Harvest, uh, my children's book, Wild Outside, has won four national four national awards. So I got that done and I should do a, like a, a, another follow-up. And then – but the big thing is often my music. Um, people aren't that aware. They're more and more aware all the time now. And I am getting people who like my music who don't know what Survivor Man is, which is really wonderful. So I'm working on – I'll be releasing my 10th album coming up very soon. I'm re-releasing my Mother Earth album on vinyl. That'll be a big thing. And then two new albums following on the heels of that. So musically. And 
just to tie it in properly so people are aware when they hear, this guy Stroud does music. Yeah, but not, I'm not, not, you know, I'm not, certainly not trying to be Taylor Swift or anything like that. I actually keep it authentic. I write about nature. I write about wilderness. Uh, I don't write music like John Denver, but I'm happy to pick up where he left off lyrically. Um, that's what I write about. So it, it's very me, you know, and I'm, I'm a good entertainer. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a great evening of performance on stage, but in the end, I'm singing songs about nature. So I still, to, to, the short form of answering your question is all those three things, further writing at some point. I got a novel in me somewhere. Wild Harvest continued. And uh, and more music and just keep it going. Uh, do you have a band that you play with, like a normal group of people, or do you kind of come and go? No, I do more come and go. I come and go with a lot of great musicians. On the Mother Earth album, I'm so fortunate. I've got uh, Slash plays a solo on it. Steve Vai is on there. Mindy Bear on saxophone. You know, Shannon Forrest on drums. Amazing big players. Um, but then I do homespun stuff too, just total homespun. Um, my players I've been playing with for 25 years still amazing musicians sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, so it, it depends. I just did a concert up in, in Minnesota, Moorhead, Minnesota at the Swing Barrel Brewing Company, which was phenomenal beer, by the way. Uh, and I went up and it was a, what I call a gas gig. I'm driving across the country, stop in there, hang out with people for three hours, play my concert, solo, acoustic, and uh, have a lot of fun and carry on driving. So everything from that to... I'm working on a, a very big concert. I'm trying to build a big concert that would be in, in the benefit of boots on the ground conservation organizations. And for that, I'll call in ringers and try to get some big names in to play and be full band and so on. That video that I was watching of you on YouTube, you sort of teased that you played harmonica with somebody that you couldn't say yet. Mm -hmm. Can you say yet? Nope. <laughs> I still can't. I cannot. All I, all I can tease and say is I went, I went to Los Angeles and I cut a track on, a, on an upcoming album of a, of a fairly large name and, uh, and I'm going to be thrilled when that album gets released and then I can finally say because uh, uh, it was such an honor. And, and I, here's a little story and again, I have to do this without names but I was in the studio and I said, oh, by by the way, who's the singer on this track? And then they told me, and it was just another like, oh my God, I'm, here I am. I got my headphones on and this voice is coming through my headphones because he you know, the person cut the, the track earlier and I'm blowing harp going, I'm blowing harp with blank. I can't believe this is happening. It was Taylor Swift, wasn't it? Well, you know, I didn't want to say, but, you know, Taylor and I have been seeing, you know, hanging out lately. So. Uh, don't quote him on that. Yeah, don't. Um, uh, you said acoustic guitar when you did the set in Minnesota. When you're at home, do you just play, you know, do you have an acoustic, do you have a bunch of guitars? Like what, bunch, what's you, what do you play with? I have a bunch of guitars, acoustic guitar and, and piano for my writing. I don't really, I, I'm a songwriter. You know, I've written well over a thousand songs. So I'm a writer. And, you know, when people put in their 10,000 hours, you know, the, the players that play with me, they put their 10,000 hours in on their, their scales, their noodling, and they're, they're brilliant. I just never did that. I couldn't, I just didn't, it, I just got bored. The second I start noodling on my guitar, not maybe not the second, but at some point into it, I'm hearing a song. So I stop all my noodling and I start writing that song. And that's the way it's been for me for, since I was 14 years old. Um, so I'm a writer. That's that's. So I'm not, I'm not a chop smith. Now I blow a pretty mean harp. Yes, that that's the only place that I found chops. Actually, let, let me share a story with you on that. Sure. So it's just a fun fun little story. So I when I first learned harmonica, I was playing in in the uh, um, well, I was a teenager. I picked it up, but I was I was now in the playing in the pub uh, in college, right? College pubs, and I was lead singer and harmonica. The first riff I ever learned 
was Roadhouse Blues. Keep your eyes on the road, your hands upon the wheel, right? By the doors. First riff. Fast forward to about 10 years ago, maybe eight, eight years ago. I'm Survivor Man. I'm doing charity appearances at charity golf gigs and charity, charity appearances and charity concert appearances. And Alice Cooper would have me. I went and played with Alice Cooper, you know, so I got to meet these big stars and I'm blowing harp. Oh, it was such a thrill. I don't, this is, this is name dropping. But on the other hand, I'm like a 16 year old kid when it happens. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm about to go on stage with Journey and play to 20,000 people <laughs> doing love and touch and squeezing. Right. So that happened. So I get this phone call and, uh, it's, I'd already played with Alice at this point. This is two years later. And, oh, listen, Alice is doing the, um, the children's charity, the, the Christmas pudding concert this year. And uh, he's got uh, uh, Robbie Krieger from The Doors. Is, is, the Doors is, com- is coming to play with him this year. Well, they're going to do Roadhouse Blues, and they were wondering if you wouldn't mind coming and playing the harmonica part. And I'm like, let me check my, my schedule. <laughs> I'm not sure if I have time. To go play with Alice Cooper and Robbie Krieger on, and I and there I was. And then to to put an addendum on that story, I found myself on stage with Robbie Krieger from the Doors, coming over to me. His wife knew of she watched Survivor Man, and he says to me, oh, Les, would you mind uh, when the solo part comes? Would you mind if we passed a solo back and forth? And I'm just like, okay, Robbie Krieger. I'll play a solo with you. <laughs> so I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> I can't believe this is happening, you know? And there I was on stage blowing, playing with Alice Cooper singing. It was, wow. it was great. It was a, very much fun. Uh, another thing you mentioned on that YouTube video was that if, you, if your channel reached a certain number of subscribers, mm. then you might consider doing another throwback episode of Survivor Man? Like, would you yeah. do it if that happened? And if you did it, would you actually do it old school? Like, mm-hmm. take your cameras, take your tripods, do the whole thing? Let me put it this Putting way. Putting you on the spot. No, I don't <laughs> mind at all. Let me put it this way. Have you ever seen the movie Unforgiven, Clint Eastwood? I have. Have you ever seen Led Zeppelin in concert at the O2 in 2006? I have not. Okay. Those two situations for me was... A situation where an artist, Clint Eastwood, uh, the band, Led Zeppelin, it's like they came back and said, there, that's how you do it. And then they gone again. And with a, a full force of cockiness in my mind, yes, that's exactly what I'd do. I would come – I would do it full old school, survivor man, here I go. And part of me is going, OK, can I remind you again how this is done? You know, and that, you know, so that's the cockiness part of me. But it would be – I would own it and I would be in that moment. So, yeah, if I hit a million subs on my YouTube, bit of a social media ploy there, um, absolutely. That's exactly what I would do. I would go full old school and I would give them a full-on Survivor Man. I clicked uh, subscribe yesterday when ah. you said that, so I can push you in that one closer. direction. One closer. Um, we chatted before we started a little bit about technology and stuff. Mm. Can you imagine, like, the the gear that you can take with you now? You could have a drone following you. You know, you could you could have a camera following mm-hmm. you from the air instead of. I presume before you'd have to set up a tripod a hundred mm. yards ahead and walk back and then walk and do all that, right? Oh, Mike, I have some plans. If, it, <laughs> if and when it happens, when it happens, I have plans, big plans for that, to, to really make use of whatever technology is available to me right now to really capture that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you ever considered doing a wild harvest in Florida? 
Oh, it's on the it's in the plans. Absolutely. Where in and Florida I, would you go? Well, the Glades. I love the Glades. I, I I I grew up coming to the Glades when I was just first a teenager, and fell in love with them. I've got a, an affinity for the Glades, and I realized this last night. It's because it was the first tropical, subtropical um, place I'd ever seen, ever been to. Always wanted to go to the jungle because of Tarzan. And Florida was, and so I came to the Glades and, oh, wow. And I fell in love, you know, with the Glades and with that feeling of, like today, ultra humidity and, and rain. I just, yeah, I love it. So I would shoot in the Glades and I promised WGCU that that it's it's on the books. We will shoot Wild Harvest in Florida. It has to happen. I mean, just to come here and, and, and you know, celebrate that this, this relationship, uh, it feels like a little bit of a mecca that has to happen. Hmm. Um, you mentioned the children book thing before, yeah. before we let you go. You've you've written several, right, or at least been a part of several. I've written several books, uh, but my first children's book is called Wild Outside Around the World with Survivor Man, and it's written two kids, seven to twelve year olds, and it is uh, me, you know, helping them to get outside and showing them ways to be outside safely and and to experience wilderness adventure. I I tell stories from Survivor Man and my years of adventuring. I give them the lessons that I learned along the way. I give them tips and tricks on what they can do. You know, everything from, oh, you want to you wanna experiment filming wildlife? Uh, well, then let's, you know, check the, the lawn sales and, you know, when people have their yard sales out there. Try to see if you can get a $1 old throwaway tent that someone's throwing out that they don't want anymore. Take that tent cut some camera holes in it, you know, and obviously all of this is with parental supervision and so on. But so stuff like that. I loved writing that book, Wild Outside. It's with Anik Press out of Toronto, Canada. And uh, yeah, it's won four national awards, best uh, best nonfiction, best information book award. Uh, and it was a thrill to write. And I do have a, a more up my sleeve right now, though I'm working on my first children's non, uh, um, sorry, fiction book. Oh. It's a little bit Winnie the Pooh-esque um, in a way. And uh, but the way I do it, I thought, okay, okay, yes, these creatures are talking to each other. Yes, they're living out a story. But let's make sure that every natural history aspect of the story of these little creatures that I've come up with. uh, The first book is called Early Bird. Uh, It's about a robin and and the friends she meets. But let's make all of the natural history be accurate. You know, so Hmm. other than the fact that they're talking and they're hanging out, other than that, let's make everything else accurate, what they eat, what they go after, how they catch things, all of that. And that's what I'm writing right now. Well, I've written it and I'm actually illustrating it right now. You know, you mentioned uh, somebody said, you know, you're the guy from PBS and that kind of made you happy Mm -hmm. because I'm sure you've heard you're you're the guy from Survivor. You are Survivor Man so many times, Um, you know. One last time back to that YouTube video, I was reading through all the comments and, you know, comment sections on YouTube can often be sort of toxic wastelands. You think? Um, (laughs) There was just a lot. It was not that, though. It was a lot of people saying, you know, how, you know, how you were a big part of their life Mm -hmm. at certain times in their life Mm -hmm. in a very positive way. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to bring it back to Marlon Perkins and all that stuff. I mean, have you ever thought like for, for, for a certain generation of people you were that guy, mm-hmm. you know, for, for a lot of people. What happens now, and it is an absolute honor, is I will run into a lot of 30-somethings. And those 30-somethings will say, dude, I grew up watching your show. My father and I, my mom and I, and this is men and women, uh, we grew up watching your show. And then, they, then the next sentence, and now I have a five-year-old. And they watch Survivor Man on YouTube. And, and now we're watching your new series, Wild Harvest. So that legacy, if you will, um, is nothing but an honor and a thrill. 
And I get it. You know, I didn't have any kind of background whatsoever in the out- out of doors growing up. Nothing, zero, nada. And it was Jacques Cousteau that took me there. And if you look at what I did and what I'm doing, the amalgam of Jacques Cousteau and Tarzan, that's Survivor Man. Hmm. That's what it is. So I recognize it and all I can be is of it is proud at this point and, and wanting to continue. So, yeah, it's a thrill. Well, we're out of time, but I want to thank my guest. Les Stroud is a Canadian survival expert. He's a filmmaker and a musician and an author and a bunch of other things. Les, it's been great talking to you in person. Likewise, likewise. Thanks a lot. You can find links to all the stuff Les does as well as to his episode of Three Song Stories, which he recorded with us remotely about two years ago on our website, wgcu.org gcl. We're closing today's show with Les's song, Mother Earth, which features Steve Vai on guitar and Mindy Abair on If you missed any of the show, you can always see our episodes in their entirety on our website or wherever you find podcasts. Our show today was produced by yours truly. Our director today is Jared Gonzalez. Our social media coordinator is Tara Calligan. For now, thank you for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM. We are NPR for Southwest Florida.